Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Council of Dads After Show, episode four, the sixth stage, which we quickly find out is desire. Wow. Can be healthy or can be dangerous. Lots to talk about in this episode. But of course, my name is Sean McHugh. I am your moderator slash chief of crying. Although I think in this episode, I did not cry. I'm I'm very, I'm excited for myself for that. (laughs) Uh, I am joined by an amazing group. First off, Miss Shay Jones. Hello, Shay. Hey guys, I'm so excited for the sixth stage of grief today. Let's talk about it. And of course, Michael Barlow. Hello, Michael. Hi, guys. Love to get, getting ready to talk about some desire. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my homegirl from Philly, Kay. What's going on, Kay? Yeah, I mean, I was watching this episode like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, we got. There's a lot, lot to talk about. So first, we got we got Robin having sex dreams. We got Theo getting his swagger on. And then, of course, Luli and Evan have bought the money pit. Oh, so it's a shame. Uh, and, of course, then we also have our awesome special segment with Michael highlighting another TV dad. So stay tuned for that. First of all, total thoughts on the episode. Let's start off with Kay. What are your thoughts? Um, it was one of the most uncomfortable episodes of <laughs> I have ever watched. I was like, ooh, scoring me in my seat. So we'll get more into that because I'm approved. So stuff like that, I'm just like, what? <laughs> so, okay. A lot of lot of uh, roller coaster of emotions. Awesome, Michael. I I mean I I appreciated this episode because they were very frank about talking mm. about you know sex and and. And where desire fits in grief, like I never thought about that being mm. something that you have to kind of work through during a grief process. That's I. Kudos to the writers, great nice. job. And finally, Shay, final. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? Overall, I thought it was an awesome conversation. Like he said about talking about sex and desire, because we don't necessarily think of that. What's going to happen after? Or how many months is it going to be until I'm ready today? I'm ready to be intimate with somebody. That is a very healthy and true, like reality check for a lot of people who are watching. So I appreciate it and I loved it. And I'm always, I have an open mind. I'm sorry, I want to go opposite spectrum for Kayla this one. That was awesome. I was all here for it. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we start this episode with our girl, Robin, uh, who's having some new feelings that she hasn't had in a long time. And she, of course, goes to her main man, Oliver, to kind of, like, just talk about it. And this, we have a very interesting conversation. 
Uh, Kay, what were your, what, talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, it was interesting that she went to Ollie. I mean, I guess I just have to accept that Ollie is like the only one in the council that is also truly her friend, mm. which I think was really cool. Um, that her husband chose someone that was her friend to be in the council and not necessarily all the guys are his type friends. So she has a real connection with him there and he, then he's able to help out and see the family side. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was pretty innocent that he was just like, you just need to make out with somebody. You just need <laughs> to kiss somebody and let me see if I can find somebody for you and like that whole thing. Um, that the scene while, while they were waiting to get coffee and the guy kept turning around listening to them was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting to delve into that because she's been in a long-term relationship for all these years. She's a human woman. Like, of course, she's going to have certain feelings and um, long for like an intimate kind of connection with someone. So I thought it was an interesting topic to kind of delve more into um, I was surprised that Ollie took it that well. He wasn't like, you know, he didn't make her feel guilty. Like, oh, mm. but you, you know, he's only been gone for five months. It was none of that. He was very supportive. And um, I think it just proves how good of a friend he is to her. Nice. Michael, she said it's been seven months since he'd been intimate. Do you think that's, you know, I mean, obviously it's long if you're used to it, but as a grieving person, it was interesting to me the timeline on that. What were your thoughts on that? I I agree that it was kind of a dicey thing for me mm. as a viewer. Like, it's not even been a year, and I get that you're a human, and and it's fine to have drink. I mean, like she's having drinks. She wasn't like actively going out and like hooking up with random people, but. Um, so I, I get it, but I think that's why this was such an eye-opening episode for me because I was like, wait, so that is an actual part of grief. It's like, okay, I still have these kind of carnal desires that are part of being a human. They don't go away because I'm sad or because I've lost the person that I love. Like I still want sex. I still want to feel desired and it took a minute for me to swallow that pill, to be honest, because I yeah. like I, I've never been in the situation, but and it's also never crossed my mind that people who have been in that situation would have to endure that or deal with that, even on a mental level. Like, okay, I'm cheating on my husband who's been dead for seven or five months or six months, or is it just a part of the process? It's a really good. It's a good conversation, I think, to to have and to start with this episode. Nice. So, Nyjah, uh, Oliver advises her to check out this blog about essentially a woman who went through the same thing. And we find out that they, they do this kind of thing where you'll just kind of meet up with someone kind of randomly and, and just make out a little bit. You know, not full-on sex, not a whole intimate, not a relationship, not a date necessarily, but just to kind of have some intimacy. Uh, and then, of course, we get introduced to a doctor who just happens to be leaving in like two weeks. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Okay, Shay, real quick. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Did I say no? I'm so sorry. <laughs> My bad. Say. I was holding it on the way though. No, you're good. It was just like really confusing. It got me. Um, to answer your question, um, serendipity, I'm gonna <laughs> call it that. Looking, uh, you're, look, you're start looking for a guy you just wanna make out with. 
He just shows up at your door. He's leaving in a week. Oh, thank you, Lord, for sending that to me. I won't have to see this guy again. He won't be around my group. He will never have to meet my kids. I call it serendipity. However, I'm down for it. I actually appreciate it. I thought it was cool because instead of maybe Ollie finding her somebody, she found one of her own with no help from anybody. She did it herself. And I appreciated that. Nice. Yeah, it was uh it was an interesting thing to I don't know, just the whole the whole the whole process, the whole idea of it seemed this weird like non-intimate intimacy and I don't know, and it's and maybe also because everything is all covid and coronavirus now like the thought of doing anything like that at this point it's like we're going to have to have hazmat suits on, <laughs> you know, uh so it's I don't know, it was it was interesting to me, especially as a married man, you know, uh, I mean, I've had this conversation with my wife. I would say, you know, I don't want you to just grieve me, you know, and she said the same thing. So it's, uh, I think it's interesting on paper, but then in actuality, as we find out later in the episode, you know, she's, uh, she's maybe not as ready as she thought she was. So yeah, it's about uh, baby steps. Like she yeah. the progress, the process, the progress, and you, need, you have to take baby steps to, you know, here's one fence post I got to get to kissing. Oh, that's a little too far for me. Let me just start maybe holding hands. It made me think. It, Go ahead. It, it made me think about those um, professional cuddlers that you can like <laughs> oh. pay somebody to come and cuddle with you, and yeah. not not sexually or anything, but just to kind of because you need to be cuddled. I don't know. <laughs> and they may yeah, think a real thing called skin hunger. Like when mm. people have not had physical contact with other people, it is a real true thing. Like I mean, I've been married for twenty years, but um it's a real thing called skin hunger where people just need physical touch so when they were in the car and they just held hands i was like that's what she needed she needed someone also to see her outside of the widowhood momhood poor friend you know that whole thing i feel like and i thought it was really cool that the guy was really low-key and was able to do that and it be not sick you know, for it to be not sexually, you know, involved. Anyway, and he related. Talk- yeah, well, it, he related to it. Yeah, because of his his dad, or when his what did he? What was it? His, his mom like, died, his right? Step, his stepmother. Yeah. Yeah. So his mom had died, and he remembered his stepmother or that first moment for his dad. So he, uh, yeah. So that was, you know, I, I think I was, I thought that was a nice scene. Uh, you know, the way he was like, this is all you, like, we can do anything, we can do nothing. And then I thought it was really a nice move when he, you know, he said, tell me about how you met your husband, right? So like, yes. that was like such a beautiful moment of like, let's, let's forget about this whole kissing thing for now. Let's just talk as people. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was handled well. Awesome. All right. So now our boy Theo, he has a football jersey on, apparently made a big catch in a game. And now he's got some swagger. Now he's got two girls kind of uh, chasing after him. And apparently they're older, too. Yes, so, seniors. Yeah. yeah. A man after my heart. I always like the older ones, too. Michael, so. <laughs> uh, talk about this scene a little bit. I was surprised that he made the team. <laughs> we just kind of... That part, Michael. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a whole thing because he's so, like, little. But but it apparently wasn't, and he's, like, killing it on the field and stuff. And so 
I'm proud of Theo for that. And, you know. <laughs> Look, they, he might be little. Give him some props. So there are positions for little people to make their mark. Let him have his mark, Michael. He is having his mark clearly because, you know, <laughs> the, these the girls in the hallway checking him out. And, you know, I think that it's, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he deals with this kind of football jock um, kind of image that he's thrown into now paralleling or all the while grieving his dad's loss like I feel like that's gonna you know give some really good story for him but I also like I said was under the impression that he wasn't it was gonna be a struggle to make it so you know what do I know <laughs> uh great so so Shay he he's at the restaurant uh with Anthony and he kind of lets it slip out that uh I might have some people uh, interested in me. And of course, Anthony, you know, says, well, what do you mean? He's like, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Um, <laughs> Which and, I respected. Yeah, no, I was like, wow, just put it out there. And then of course, Anthony's like, oh, you're funny, you know. Uh, but then he has to go kind of, he has to kind of, you know, out him a little. Talk about that, that whole scene there. Personally, I don't really think it was just outing so much as he's like stepped into his actual role of being a council of the dad member. So he mm. feels that he has to look like do his part a little bit. And he might've been Theo at one point. So I think he also wants to impress upon him the dangers of actually going forward with sex if that's something he wants to do. And right. obviously he's not his dad and he's going to need backup, which is where Robin came in. <laughs> but it was an awkward but funny conversation for me watching it as a viewer, I'm pretty sure that's mortifying for any child who parent or pseudo parent wants to talk to them about sex, especially because Anthony's always been the cool one. So now he's taking a little bit more responsibility and there maybe Theo's not used to that either. Yeah, I, I think that might've been the worst sex talk ever. And I know, I know it made Kay uncomfortable. So Kay, I got to hear your thoughts on this, this whole sex talk. I mean, I was just like, what? I have <laughs> not to brag, but I'm I'm an expert at sex talk. Um, I mean, oh, sex, okay. not sex talk. Oh my gosh. Anyway, oh wow. But my sister called me up with my niece because she didn't want to give my niece the sex talk and was like, Can you come down? You come visit, talk to her about you know what? I was like, got it, got it. I've read many of them, many of even with my old kids. Like the sex talk is something you start at two. You know wow. what I'm saying? You don't do the sex talk at 15 and throw mm. a kid a condom and be like, it should be love, good luck. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> your body, that goes into the whole talk about respecting your own body, what people, other people can touch on your body, mm. the feelings that you're having. That is an ongoing conversation. So for her to be like, I think his dad talked to him about it. I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> Y'all gotta be better, yeah. So for her, like, <laughs> month, like, I was glad that she did say something about consent, you know? Yeah. Um, but then she didn't say anything about protection. It was just like, I was- Because well, he was just like, I will throw up or I can leave. Which yeah. one do you want? <laughs> oh, why would you say it when he's getting ready to go too? She was like, yeah. oh, hold on, hold on. I was like, what? It is not a three minute conversation. No. 
He's no. literally going to the party that, that he thinks he's going to have sex at right now. You, it's too late. <laughs> I was like, no, this is probably the worst. I do not think it is inaccurate, though. I think a no, lot no. of have a spur of the moment sex talk one time. They give you like three facts and then they're like, expect you to be responsible, which is insanity. I just want to say, but I don't think it's inaccurate. I think it's insane. Mike, was, was that reminiscent of your sex talk when you were younger? I, I, so I come from a pretty, like, loose-lipped family. Like, they're pretty open about talking about sex around around you. Like, I not directly at me, but, like, the, when I was growing up, the adults would talk about it around me. And so I think that they were under the impression that I didn't need to have a, any kind of conversation directed to me. <laughs> Um, and so when I got to that age, my mom was just like, you know, well, she, she backtracked. Eventually we had some really good discourse, but at first she was like, just don't bring no babies in the house. Like that kind of like be put it, wrap it up and don't bring babies home. Like that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like my mantra, don't bring no babies home. That's like my <laughs> I mean, that is true. But but I think that she I feel like for the for the situation they did an okay job I get that it was like spur of the moment and like not very well rehearsed but they covered a lot of the bases like uh, you want to look for somebody that you that you're in love with but in the in the instance where it's just like carnal bodies taking over kind of thing make sure you have consent and like. Um, Make sure that it's something that both of you want to do. <laughs> but, Can you say sorry? I know. Like, I, I love I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that that is the, the end-all, be-all of the conversation, but I think that they did what they had to do in the moment because they realized they had dropped the ball and that no one had been talking about it with them. I mean, um, they, I, discussed the, they discussed that crab sandwich from last week more. <laughs> I will agree. They they didn't do a good job, but I guess it was better than nothing. Although I think Theo might disagree. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Kay, Kay you alluded uh, in the beginning to you thought they were going to zig with this party, and they zagged, and we get introduced to this amazing. Uh, what was it called? It was called. Dead the, uh, Parents Society. Thank you. The Dead Parents Society. Uh, so, uh, Shay, talk about that that whole moment, that whole scene. That was in the tomb scene. I personally thought that was Freya the black one or the white one? So just some for the girl wise. If you got anybody, okay, cool. I don't remember their name. Uh, so either Jules, so, so it was Jules and Freya. I was trying to remember okay. which one. Black girl, I think. I thought Jules was a black girl. Okay. Okay, so okay, so Jules, um, I thought she might be interested in Theo because that's the way it seemed like it was going. She didn't deny that she might be into, you know, flirtations with him, leading and then leading them to some first of all, what is it with people just leading people into the woods? I have a question about this. I'm sorry. And why would you just follow them to the woods? You don't know these people. <laughs> Those are things that really run through my head at that moment. But cool, and then you go into a gravesite and you stay. So <laughs> we'll keep on that one. But I think 
Teen boys will follow a hot girl anywhere. Yeah. I stand behind it. You're you're a hundred percent correct. A hundred percent correct. Then what is Charlotte's? Uh, what is her? I'm trying to get the right word. She's like the smart one of the, and she's just gonna follow them to the gravesite too. That anyway, I liked it. I liked the fact that this is something that connected them, and they could understand. Theo a little bit better too because I feel like he's had his you know he's had his mom he's had the council of dads but no one besides his sister around his age who who's going through the same thing or who went through the same thing because everybody's stage of grief and what they go through is different but I think this is the first time he actually realized like oh maybe it is okay to talk about my dad with someone else maybe mm. this girl and if it may lead to a relationship we'll find out but actually to just be a kid who lost their parent, that's cool too. It was like a very resigned moment. I think I've ever seen Theo be, but he seemed almost happy. Like mm. not even happy, just content. That's the word I'm looking for. He was content in that moment. Yeah. Uh, Kay, so since you you said that they zigged when they should have zagged, talk about that. What were, what oh, were your no, thoughts? Zag, it was just a nice surprise and I like to I like to see it. I felt like Shay like Shay said, you know. Um I think that um not that he felt happy to be in the group, but I think for him it was some an authentic connection. Hmm. And I think that especially at that age, having endured that trauma, you know, having people who understand probably is going to be a huge benefit to him moving forward. So I thought it was um, really cool on the writer's part to think of that. I thought it was great to bring the girls in. I thought it was really um, surprising to have it be a little bit of a flirtation still there also. You know, mm -hmm. we are in this club, but then also, I think you're kind of cute or I kind of dig you or whatever. I also really gained an appreciation for Theo as a big brother in that in this whole scene because Charlotte is there with him and you know she has her instrument she's nerdy you know and he wasn't like he was too cool to be with her you know what I mean when she was like we want to show you something he's like well I got my sister with me you know and he, she was like ah oh, bring her you know he wasn't like ah oh, when when the girls come around don't look at me or don't stand by me or you know and he just kind of embraced her and they were all doing it together and I just thought what a good big brother. Yeah, it just made me really appreciate Theo more. Nice. All right, Michael. So, you know, then we get that that crazy scene where he's all good. I got I got some new friends. I'm just driving my sister home. And I see my mom making out with some random dude. Oh my God. Theo like loses his mind. Talk about that scene. I Theo, okay, I'll so first of all. Theo's probably the last person that needed to see that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not just because it's his mom and some random dude, but because he's probably the one who is dealing with his grief the least. Hmm. Like he is still very, very angry, partially due to his age, but also just like he's not, he's keeping a lot of things internal. And for him to see that, I would, I feel like if I was in his shoes, I would have exploded in the exact same way. Um, but, you know, he, parental respect aside, because <laughs> he, there was a lot of disrespectful, there was a very disrespectful vibe going on in that household in that moment. 
But I also think that he was correct in his response. Like I, I, you, it has, you know, it's not even been six months or, and you're in the car. All, all I know is I see you in a car kissing some guy that's not my dad who hasn't been dead that long. And what am I supposed to do? We haven't even like, you're, you're, you're going to come to me talking about sex and like find somebody you love and all this stuff. But then I, not even five hours later, I see you kissing some guy that I've never seen. You barely know. And like, what am I supposed to do besides get really, 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 really angry? Um, but I do think that he could have been more respectful in his reaction to his mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, because in any other house that looks like a color like ours, would you have slapped real quick? I could she not. heard that, though. I like how she just kind of sucked it up and left him alone because she knew she was in the wrong. Like, there was no more explaining to him. He didn't want to hear anymore. You could just tell. I mean, he was hurt more than anything. He was so hurt. I felt so bad for him because I don't even think it was about, you know, like you're cheating on my dad type of thing, but like, you're, you're not disclosing to me. You know right. what I mean? You want me to open up and you want me to share and you're trying to direct me in a certain path and, you know, tell me the right things I should do. But then you're not being straight with me, which is like the number one, like parental sin, like yeah. what kids do not forgive is hypocrisy. Number one. And they, they have like a detector for that. Yeah. And I think, I think that it's, it's, it's even worse because he was just kind of found this, you know, he found this group that he didn't feel so isolated. Cause I think a lot of his anger is it stems from him just being wrapped up in himself um, and in his own, like not dealing with his emotions. And he found these people that made him feel apart, like made him feel like he wasn't by himself or alone in his grief. And then he comes home and he's reminded, Oh wait, no one gets me. Like, that's the age that he's at. It's like, no one understands me. No one under. And then you throw on top of that the trauma of losing his dad. And he really is like, I'm alone in the world. And so he comes home and he sees his mom making out with some guy in the car. And he's like, uh, I really am alone once again. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see his the group, the, 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 the Dead Parents Society play into him and his you know, dealing with his grief, because he's going to need them, especially now, because he's not talking to his mom anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our third major topic, the money pit. So apparently, as is, is not a good look. <laughs> they, uh, Luli and Evan, you know, they're, they're gumption, as Larry likes to say. <laughs> their enthusiasm for this whole project Uh it's great, but then, of course, they finally open that door, and wow, they just walk into a nightmare. Uh, sorry, uh, Kay, talk about that, 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 whole, that whole scene. I, bro, have they ever watched an episode of HGTV anything? <laughs> it's always the dump inside when you buy a sight unseen. Always. Yes. Like, I was like, what is the surprise here? But I tell you what I did like. Especially in the end when Evan's eating the cup of noodles and he shows her the floor and it's all hardwood, you know, and they have their little moment of like, listen, but we do, we are impulsive. We do rush into stuff. 
but like we can do this you know what I mean they're like kind of gathering themselves and moving forward um I did love how the council did not get on board with it and we're not on board with it I would not flush my five thousand dollars down the toilet so I was like props out to them for standing up to the kids and just being like this ain't it like no guys this is not a good idea and Larry's gonna try and get you out of it I was like just put it back up for auction that's that dude who wanted to buy it for like 52,000 so damn you know what I mean or whatever so yeah I thought that that was um that intrigued me I was like okay they're not signing off on everything and I really am here for the mom because she's not afraid to make her kids do the hard thing so she didn't support Luli and just be like, here, take my $5,000. I love that. And then she said, um, I don't know if we're going to talk about Larry later, but in the Larry situation where he tries to um, get her to fix the thing for JJ, um, she says, kids get disappointed and it's okay. And we're not going to fix it because that's just how it is. So I thought that they would really have her brand down as a mom and I'm here for it. So I really like that idea of kids gets dis gets get disappointed and it's okay and it seemed like that was kind of the um idea that continued throughout the show especially when it came to Louie and Evan and supporting them in their like haphazard you know foolishness uh okay so we we have uh we have Anthony who didn't didn't 100 seem 100% on board with the council's decision with this house uh and then of course when Louie finally gets him alone we find out that, you know, he says to her, you know, he, well, she says, do you, what do you think? And he's like, I think you shouldn't care what I think. And I think that was a really nice moment. And it's good, man, you sound like my dad. And like, of course, that's like, yeah, we're all like, that's because he is. Michael, talk <laughs> about that whole, that whole scene. Well, I first, first, I just want to say that when they, when they went into the house initially, I was just like, throw the whole house away. But <laughs> Throw the whole house away. Um, and I get the principle. Like, I get it. And I appreciate them sticking to their guns. And when Luli talks to Anthony, the whole I feel like the whole dynamic between Anthony and Luli is that Anthony is like, this is my daughter. And I really, I feel like he's, even if he's not conscious of it, is trying to, like, make up for not being there. Um, which is why he wasn't 100% on board with what the council was saying, but he didn't want to seem like it, which is why I think he was like, I, you shouldn't care what I, what I think. It's both a, both a very per, paternal thing to say, but also kind of a way to not, to kind of a way to play both sides. Like, I'm not going to say I think it's dumb, but I'm also not gonna say that it's great. <laughs> Um, this is my thoughts. Yeah, well, you know, it's like he says, it's 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 your decision. Like this is your yeah. thing. If you want to do it, then just commit to it. Um, yeah. Shay, did you, so then uh, Kay talked about it a little bit, but talk about that scene when she goes back to the house with Evan, and you know, Evan's like, "Look, we got some oak. Like, there's good bones here. We can do this." And then, of course, you know, Luli's like, "Yeah, you're right. We're gonna do it." Uh, talk about that. 
Well, real quick first, when he's when they were at the auction and they, and he's just like, I can't, we can't spend more than fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> and they go fifty four. First of all, I was like, where are you getting this extra four thousand? That was my first. I really wanted to know where this extra four thousand come from. <laughs> I'm great. You got a five thousand dollars deposit. Cool. But where this extra four thousand gonna come from was just my thought process. But when she went back and she was ready to, you know, say, let's do this. But I loved his passion speech because it's something architecture is something he is passionate about. And he knows that if they stick with it, no matter what anybody else says, because I think that's also the also where this is the testament to their relationship. We have weathered so many different things so far. Your dad, my mom, our marriage. And we've rushed into everything, but it's kind of worked out. So these heart, these floors are oak, they're sturdy. I mean, when you have a good foundation, you can only build upon it. I mean, I, I loved his speech. I thought it was amazing. And it felt like the first time Evan was so excited. He wasn't just almost one dimensional to me. Like he was just so layered in that moment. Love it. Love it. Um, all right. So. Let's talk about, let's go uh, to Michael. Let's get into our special segment. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, Michael. Real yeah. quick. I want to shout out somebody in the chat real quick. Zachary Bush. He oh, says yeah. hi. And then he says that, um, do we think that Peter and Oliver are over? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Well, it's funny. I, I was going to bring him up later. So I'm glad he's, he's back because he had mentioned, I, I think the husband's going to cheat last week which I was going to get into, but now we're here. <laughs> Michael, what, I, let's start with you. I, You know what? With with them, um, I still think that they're not dealing like they, they, They're kind of like throwing pebbles at the problem, but they're not <laughs> addressing it. Like going for a couple, couple's, couple's massage is not dealing with the issue. And then you find out that, yeah, Peter stepped out a little bit. Um, and... Mm. <laughs> And it, it made me go back to the the first couple of things with Oliver and Robin, where Oliver was like, "Yeah, you should just go and like make out or whatever." But then he was, but then he was like, "And Peter, Peter doesn't touch me. Peter doesn't. Peter hasn't. We haven't like been each other's best friends in a little little minute." And I was like, "So why are we having this conversation with Oliver in the first place if he's not dealing with his whole marriage crumbling very slowly?" And I, I don't know. I, I think that they they have some very deep things that they have to work work through, but they have to be able to do it. Like they have to actually do the work, and they're not doing the work right now. Uh, Kay, what are your thoughts? Man, so much in that interaction between um, Ollie and Graham for him to say you cheated like you your cheating ways were supposed to be done so they have a history of cheating in their relationship but he was like that was before we got married still that's a lot of baggage i was like oh i was oh it was juicy if i had tea i would have sipped it but um, <laughs> <laughs> i i felt really bad for ollie because graham was telling him this in like you know he's disclosing this thing that happened he didn't think he was going to get in trouble for it they were in an intimate position, you know, and he was like, oh, I'm seeing with Eddie. And so, I mean, nothing happened. We just kissed and blah. You know, he's just telling the story and thinking like this is going to get him points because that's what made him realize that he could be with somebody else and he really wanted to work on us, you know, whatever. 
And um, I just cannot take it. And I just realized, man, they are in two totally different places. He thinks it's okay to go around kissing folks and then be telling your spouse about it. And then also, Graham was thinking about divorce and Ollie hadn't, divorce wasn't on his mind at all. I was like, they're in two different relationships. If they don't get from the couple's massage to a therapist's office quick, like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're, we're running out of time. Shake real quick. What are your thoughts? I think they definitely have some work to do, both of them, because Graham had a good point. He was like, us doing this couple's massage, it made me feel lonely. Like, we're not actually being together. It's we're together, but it's like we're, like hey, say on two different opposite situations. So both of them need to figure out what they need and if what they need at the end of this list, they have to make with each other pros and cons. If you can't live with it, it's maybe time to say goodbye. That's super sad, but it's gonna be real. You can you can co-parent, you can co-parent your, your baby, but you guys are no longer happy together. And unless you can be start being happy first with yourself and then with each other, this is doomed. Wow. Wow. Shay's got a divorce. Okay. I don't have them divorce, but I'm just saying, like, work on it. Yeah, well, it's there's some deep-seated stuff there. Uh, all right, Michael, let's get to that special segment. Okay, for our special segment, I dug deep into the archives of television dads, and I pulled up Archie Bunker from the 70s TV show All in the Family. Um, he's probably one of the most controversial TV dads because um, he was kind of described as a lovable bigot. Like he, that was just <laughs> yeah. like his, yeah. but but at the same time, he came from a very, you know, he was a World War II vet and this blue collared guy, but he loved his family, which you can never, you know, argue with that. Like he loved his, his daughter and his wife, Edith. And he, but the, the, the draw of the show was his battle with his son-in-law who was like super liberal he was super conservative. It was just a, a very, I don't know if you guys have ever watched all oh, of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he mad racist. Yeah, he was racist. He's My favorite racist. Racist. the Jeffersons episode when they came in, when him yeah. and George met. That was TV gold. 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 Kay's a big fan. Kay's a big he fan. He makes of great Archie television. And yeah. because of that, I think that's why he's one of the, the most, one of the most famous TV dads of in television history. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. All right. So we're going to move on quickly to predictions. Let's try to keep them short and sweet, people. Jay, let's start with you. I predict that things between Theo and his mom is going to get chillier before it actually gets better. And I think it's going to get worse before it gets better for that money pit between Lily and Evan. But with, I feel like, perseverance, it's going to come out beautiful and we're all going to be surprised that we doubted them in the first place. Nice. I have to say quickly that my prediction from last week was correct because Margot and Anthony are going to share a nice bottle of wine. Michael, Michael. I think I predict that that, that, will, that will be very, very high and passionate, but Anthony's eyes are going to go back, go to Robin. I think that, mm. that uh, Larry clocked him. Larry clocked <laughs> yeah, it. it. Oh, he it. <laughs> um, but I think that there's going to be something brewing between Anthony and Robin, for sure. I also think the money pit is going to be a struggle. I think Evan's going to consider going back to school at some point because he needs to. But that's my two cents. <laughs> okay. All right, Kay. Wrap, let's wrap it. Bring us home, Kay. 
Um, yes. Um, hopefully we get to see a little bit more of how Charlotte is grieving. I don't, I'm not sure that Charlotte and JJ are really grieving. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Hopefully that'll be next episode. And then I have just a little bit of news, um, which is that we are going to be, this show is going on hiatus for the next two weeks. So, um, it isn't going to come back until May 28th. So we will see you guys then. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for reminding us. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to do it for our show. Please like and subscribe to the channel. Comment. You know, if you if you talk about it with us, we'll we'll answer questions. We did it today. So, so you know, hit us up in the chat. Uh, thank you again so much for joining us. And we will see you May 28th. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.